Welcome to another episode of No Parachute, where I try to get back on the horse after a day of being sick. Today is March 11th, 2020, Wednesday of the second week of Lent. First reading is Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 18 through 20. The psalm is Psalm 31, verses 5 through 6, 14, 15 through 16, and the response is 17b. The verse before the gospel is John 8, 12, and the gospel is Matthew chapter 20, verses 17 through 28. So Jeremiah, uh, I always love to look into the historical context, especially um, if we get a reading like this today. So Jeremiah uh, was likely born around 650 BC. Um, he saw the uh, really reforms back to the faith from King uh, Josiah, who died in 609 BC. And so he was an oracle or a prophet for King Josiah. So 650 as a birth makes sense. King Josiah died uh, trying to stop the Egyptians who were looking to help the Assyrians in their battle against Babylon. Uh, the two major uh, powers at this time were Assyria and Babylon. And basically as they get done fighting each other, right, as the Assyrians rose to power uh, and subdued Babylon, then they came after Israel. Uh, same thing here, Babylon is looking to destroy Nineveh, which is the capital of Assyria. And as soon as they do that, they'll come after Jerusalem and Israel. Uh, once King Josiah dies trying to stop the Egyptians, uh, King, and I'm going to butcher his name, but it's uh, Jehoiakim, comes to power. And really you get a decline in overall uh, worship in under King Jehoiakim. And uh, our reading is really in this time period where Jeremiah is a prophet for the new king and he's really facing quite a bit of opposition. Uh, we read... Uh, starting in verse or chapter 18, verse 18, so the beginning of the reading. The people of Judah and the citizens of Jerusalem said, Come, let us contrive a plot against Jeremiah. It will not mean the loss of instruction from the priests, nor the counsel from the wise, nor the messages from the prophets. It, excuse me, I, uh, I'm still getting over the sickness, so please excuse any uh, weird noises <laughs> from... Uh, and so let us destroy him by his own tongue. Let us carefully note his every word. Um, this is kind of the theme for today, is that those that do good, especially those that carry the gospel and the word of God, right, the, the prophet Jeremiah, are going to be attacked. Um, we're, we're called to stand firm in the face of persecution. We just look at uh, the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, uh down towards the bottom of them, right? You've got blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, hunger and thirst for righteousness, those that are merciful, have a clean heart, the peacemakers. And then you have blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of false falsity against you because of him, because of Jesus, right? Given the 
this message. Rejoice and be glad for your reward will be great in heaven. And this is the path that we see in today's readings, right? We have the persecution of Jeremiah. And then in Psalm 31, we move right into, Save me, O Lord, in your kindness. You will free me from the snare they have set for me, for you are my refuge. I hear the whispers of the crowd that frighten me from every side. As they consult together against me, plotting to take my life. And here is the path of persecution. It's scary. It, it's hard, right? Even for a prophet like Jeremiah or a king like David, who's likely writing this psalm, to be persecuted or have the threat of persecution against you, to have evils said against you. But here we have the path into hope where in verse 15 of today's psalm it says, But my trust is in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. In your hands is my destiny. Rescue me from the clutches of my enemies and my persecutors. So while this is asking for safety, right, because King David's got a long life ahead to uh, he's likely writing this while Saul is still chasing him. Um, and so freedom from his enemies is what he needs in this instance. But as we'll see in the gospel, that's not always the case. And as we see in the example of the martyrs, that's not always the case. And so getting into the verse before the gospel, uh, John eight twelve, I am the light of the world, says the Lord. Whoever follows me will have the light of life. This is the hope that we carry as Catholic Christians, persecuted Catholic Christians. In America today, we're all, if we carry the gospel with us, we will face persecution, maybe not on a daily basis. You know, I know some people will, but certainly from time to time. But this is the hope that we carry, is the light of life, following the Lord. So in the gospel, we get Jesus's example. We get um, really his foretelling of what his example will be. And the request from Christ to follow in his footsteps. So this is the story as they're going into Jerusalem. Uh, Jesus likely has a crowd with them more than the 12 disciples. Um, and so he pulls the 12 aside and said, behold, we're going to Jerusalem. At this point, the disciples are like, yeah, we've been walking for two days. <laughs> but uh, he said, we're going to Jerusalem and the son of man will be handed over to the chief priests, the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. So Jesus has referred to himself several times in especially Matthew's gospel as the son of man, but doesn't and right we've already had peter's exclamation that he's the messiah uh the disciples should get it at this point i think what becomes clear through the gospels is how hard-headed god allows the disciples to be until pentecost where it seems like all of the dots become connected and so he's telling him look i'm going to be handed over to the Gentiles to be mocked and scourged and crucified. 
and he will be raised on the third day. So he's speaking in the third person of himself. He's referring to the Son of Man, or I guess second person. And and then it just, per, the disciples pretend like this conversation never happened, right? It could have been a whole day skipped here. It could have been an hour. It could have been three seconds from Jesus stopping this story about his coming persecution. But then the mother of the sons of Zebedee, so James and John, come comes up to Jesus and says, uh, or asks, command that these two sons of mine sit, one on your left and one on your right in your kingdom. So this is, again, proof that there's a whole slew of people following with Jesus and his disciples into Jerusalem. Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking me. Can you drink the chalice that I can drink? James and John replied, we can. He said, my chalice you will drink, but to my right and to my left, it's not mine to give. And, And the other disciples heard this, became upset, and Jesus reminds them, Whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just so the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So this is the example. This is how we are to live with the light of life, right? Whoever follows Jesus will have the light of life. But we don't come to, well, we're all called called to, to serve in different ways, but doing so with the understanding that as we stand before a crowd with the gospel in our hand, <clears throat> we will have two people, defenders and detractors, and the people who don't want to change, who's favorite sin or doing them in and would prefer the life of sin will be the loudest. The detractors will be the loudest. They'll be the ones like the crowd in front of Pontius Pilate will be the loudest saying crucify him. But blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you. So today, my prayer is that in the face of persecution and in the face of challenges, that we may stand strong with the light of life and be witnesses for the gospel. We pray all this in your holy and precious name. Amen.